0: To the Mindful Surfer podcast with myself, Will Foster, and my co-host Liam Morgan, who, very thankfully, isn't naked for once. Oh crikey! For once, he's dressed. He's not got the meat and veg. Wake up, Will! Wake wake up! You're having having
1: another one of your (laughs) dreams. Hello, you're alive. (laughs)
0: Oh fuck! Wait, I
1: clicked record. (laughs) We're recording.
0: Listen, get your clothes on, then we can start recording. There's only one okay.
1: half of this show that likes to walk about naked in car parks and that sort of thing. And yeah. you.
0: Liam, when he gets changed, he's always got his balls dangling out. His oh, please, will you? He, wears, he doesn't... i like, mate, get a dry... Get a robe on. Get a robey You know, roby's very popular now, too. Everyone knows, you know, you can wear oh, this robe and... Everyone's got a dry robe, haven't they? Everyone's got a dry robe and... Well, if you listen to this outside the UK, you might not know what a dry robe is, but I expect you have variations haven't, of them haven't they just done a deal with the nfl there's something like yeah. that some rumor mill there was he's done some gyrobe have done something he big, has big, play big deal game. what i do know is from wherever you're listening to this from you will have access to some sort of roby thing and it's what we're talking about here is like a sort of ponchoy thing towel thing that goes on your body that's supposed to cover up you know all your body parts so you can get dry after it's a warm. surf and it's warm and whatever but Liam never uses one I keep saying to him dude you must must cover up it's, it's not fair on the kids and uh you know there are a few if, you, if you, there a few, to... there are a few yeah, ladies oh, out there honestly, that, that honestly. are quite keen on seeing that because you've got a nice oh please let's move on to nice the real pecs show. on you now you got a little vein actually down your pecs and it's quite interesting it's that's very rare dude you've got good genes for for the shred, like, if you keep going the way you're going, I mean, you would nibbing into some tuna after our last surf. I, looked, I, I turned across and I was like, dude, what are you eating? Well, pro- and, and semi-professional. And Liam, Liam, Liam turns back after 75 chews on dry tuna. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty hard going. <laughs> turns back to me, he's like, tuna? I'm like, you fucking what? What are you mean?" Because, mate, that's the shred, and you can see it in your face. You're looking leaner.
1: Well, proper job are
0: now doing a uh, diet edition. Oh, ah, oh, you're fine. No, 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 no. Mean, <laughs> <laughs> proper job. Light. Yes. How? What would the ad be? Just do a quick version. If it was an ad for proper job light.
1: You like drinking proper job, but you want to lose a little bit of the old pounds. Very try, good. Try proper job light brought to you by the St. Austell Brewery for the discerning diet in drinker.
0: That had little tickles of fishermen, bit of pirate in there. A little bit of sort of strange human living down a, a dark place. Like it had it was a real nice mix there, dude. Yeah, good one. So happens when Yorkshire meets the West Country. Good one. How uh, are you getting on with the proper jobs? Are you, are you still um, tucking into? Them? By the way, anyone listening, proper job is Liam's favorite fuel for fun. For post, can I put that post surf recovery? Post surf recovery is an ale. Now, again, if you listen to this outside the UK, you will. No, you. No, ales, that's a worldwide <laughs> we've term. We've gone off, we were going to talk about fins and boards
1: here. We've we'll we come are, to that. We'll, but We've been it, surfing. It, they still haven't sent me anything to say thank you for constantly promoting proper job on the airwaves. And it's yeah. a Cornish brew, not a Devon brew, isn't it? Yeah. I do like Otter. That's a local. yes. And actually, on a serious story, there is a great, in Exmouth, there's a great place called the Crossed Anchors Brewery, which I know ads from the Grumpy Surfer is a big fan of. Uh-huh. But we're not here to talk about beer. But just to clear up the confusion. And Ostal Brewery do make this thing called Proper Job. It's a Cornish IPA. And very tasty it is. But very I nice. wouldn't advise drinking too many bottles because it's quite strong.
0: Can I ask, though, because on social media we put out a post saying that se- – uh, hmm, let me get this right – not sex, that surfing is better than sex, chocolate and beer. Now, where are you going with that, dude? Is it? Yeah, we threw that out there. We agreed on the post, sort of. <laughs> Will wrote it and then spoke to Liam. Oh, can we, you know, yeah, yeah, cool, Yeah, we can put that out. Um, would proper job, would it be more enjoyable than surfing?
1: Well, I think they go very well in conjunction with ah.
0: it.
1: Look, surfing's everything, isn't it? That's why we sat here talking yeah, about it. of course that. it is. But there is a lovely combination of, and this is not to do it to excess, by the way. This is my mindful approach to it now. But the first beer post-surf in the summertime, if you're allowing yourself that, is a lovely thing. It's just not to go to the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, or seventh.
0: It's very special. Yeah. I think the thing is, is that we're always, as humans, trying to get back that first coffee, trying to get back that first beer, trying to get back that first few waves. And you can't. You know, if you've had a few days out of the ocean, a few weeks, and then you get those first few waves, whoa, oh, my God, yeah. the stoke. It's just well, so satisfying. And it's like that first coffee thing. You know, it's, it's related to all these things, and we've got to learn. you, you said this many times. I'll quote you. You know, wear clothes. No, no, no. It's this aspect of leave the party on a high, and you know, let know when to pull back and let go.
1: Yeah, don't be the person because I, I think I've been this person, so, sat there at the end, and somebody going,
0: <clears throat> "It's
1: time <laughs> to go."
0: It's funny <laughs> in surf, It's funny in surfing, isn't it? That we don't have that, and yet we kind of dare I say, should we're not a big fan of that word on this show, but we could become more much more mindful at that thing of you know right well i've had 90 minutes of throttling it here to two hours my surfing is really dropping off as it would because you get tired although for some people maybe it gets better i don't know you know right into the show if you get better into your second third hour then please say so but we stay in because we want that little touch again that little coffee hit again that little feeling of that on that wave where you get that little buzz and i tell you if you're listening to this and you've been surfing for only even two months or 10 years or however long you have been surfing, I guarantee you have said in your own mind or to a friend, oh, just one more. And (laughs) it's never never just one more, unless you've got work at like freaking nine o'clock and it's 10 to nine, like, you know, unless it's like that. A few things at play here. How many times
1: have we even recently said to each other, wow, those waves at the beach, how good was the start of this surf? Yeah. And then we always go, oh, it was brilliant at the beginning. And you think, is it the fact that conditions have changed? Or is I, Ooh, am, I just, I like this. am I just knackered? And then the other bit is, of course, one more for the road kind of vibe, isn't it? Oh, I'm just going to get one more. And invariably, you get one that keeps you in for a little bit longer, and that's the one that to leave on. That's the... You go out on the party, not literally the party wave, because I know you don't like those, Will. But um, go out on the, like, oh, that was a good one. I'm getting out. And I did that Complain. on Sunday. I did one, and I thought right, I get out on that. And then I stayed in a little bit too long to get a little few more, and they didn't come. And I had to go yeah. out on one that wasn't quite as banging as the rest. Yep. But connecting it back to beer, and this is where, if you've been in this sort of world and you've had that where the one for the road in the pub can always be a lot of fun, but surfing is that healthy addiction at times, isn't it? So if you are going to be somewhere where you say, oh, go on, just another one. At least it's in the ocean where well said. the vibe is high and the energy is good and you're getting the benefits and the goodness of that speaking to ourselves there's so many times recently when you think we should have just left the party while it was um, still on a high rather than sort of then paddling around in crowds and you're knackered because you're in hour three and it's cold still at the moment isn't it so maybe when it's warm and sunny you can do three or four hour surf more easily because your body moves a little bit more
0: totally no i think that plays a a big role and i think if you live in warmer climes you probably don't have the same recovery Hmm. issues that we have with big, thick wetsuits. I think wetsuits are a resistance machine. (laughs) Yeah, It's like this sort of self-inflicted permanent resistance machine that's just there all over all your joints and muscles, which makes you way stronger, obviously. It's very good for you. It's a weight Um, vest, isn't it? But it is a weight vest. It's restricted movement, so it's providing resistance. And it's only when you then get into bodies or a bikini or whatever from having worn a wetsuit that, oh my goodness, you notice the freedom. So massively. But I've got to say something, dude, on that bit you were saying about this kind of, it felt better at the start, the surf, because that just shows the power of the mind and the body and how it's all interconnected. But when that body's fresh, it can do better turns. It can seek out better waves. It makes that floater. It makes that cup. It completes the turn, et cetera. Then when the glycogen and the salts and the magnesium and potassium and the body fat and everything just starts like, you know, you're going into the deeper parts of the well and you're starting to kind of really drain on those resources, mind gets a bit tired body gets a bit tired and it starts going oh yeah the waves have gone a bit but really it isn't that the waves have really changed that much very often it's just that it is time to get out and just know when to get out because it can really affect your mind i've had a number of times where i've finished a surf on three you know bogged rails and then a fourth bogged rail and then not landing a floater and then really for me it's my takeoffs start suffering when i'm tired my snap has always been the weakest bit my surfing anyway so Wherever your weakest link in the chain is, it's often the thing that Mm. suffers the most as you go into that second hour, third hour of the surf. And I can come away from the surf going, oh, fuck, I think I'm losing it a little bit. And it can affect your next surf. And so it really is a very important thing to sort of just be good at knowing when to go in. But I want to bring things on to board chat because I got a board recently. Really? I didn't know that. New one. Have you told anybody about that one? Have I told... Uh, I got, Do you know i got a new board? No. Did you know? I don't think, I don't think you made me aware. <laughs> the moment the moment I got it, I so rang Liam instantly. Put him on FaceTime. Mate, look at this, look at this. I put the new board next to the puddle. Mate, look at the difference in the tail. And Liam's there going, oh, yeah, yeah, nice one, mate. Yeah, yeah. You just have to put up with me. I'm like a child. Just, yeah, yeah. Oh, well done. Yeah, good boy. Yeah.
1: Good. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. That's
0: lovely, Will. That's great. Good, good. Got a new trade set. Oh, i got a lovely new board. Oh, isn't that nice? And then goes back to Liam's dear wife. Oh, my God, listening to Will. New board. Looks amazing. What it is is that I think you can say this about all parts of the world where you get, you know, we mostly surf average waves. There's this idea that you don't and you just surf, you get pipe, you get the mental waves. No, no, there are pockets around the world, don't get me wrong, that have certain seasons and certain times where it does fire very, very, very consistently. But let's be really frank. The remaining 80% of the globe even Deals with changing winds and changing forecasts and topographies, and we surf as humans average waves. Let's put that out there. So we're always looking at so how can we make the most of those waves and grovel boards spring to mind, long boards, stand up paddle boards, etc. This is where we evolve and try and find that flow pocket of still getting so much fun out of the ocean and getting performant at the same time. And we've talked a lot on this show about the lost puddle jumper because that was an absolute game changer for me in that. I could catch as many waves as I catch on a longboard, but that when the section presented itself that had some like what we call a power pocket, suddenly you've gone down the line and then suddenly a section has presented itself with a bit of a gradient for a carve or a snap or a floater or whatever you want to do, that you could do it on a puddle even without much power in the wave. And when I started doing high-performance turns on the waves we have on this board, it was just... This amazing experience of, wow, if you keep exploring the board thing, you can get even more joy out of surfing than you ever thought possible. And that is a very inspiring thing that this modern world has provided to us, that that boards have got so much better in that way in the construction, the availability. Not pricing, because pricing's gone up, but certainly the boards that we have today, you talk to anyone who's in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s even, they'll tell you that that boards today are so superior to what they were even 15, 20 years ago, right? And um. Where I'm going with this is we've got this puddle jumper. This is unbelievable board from anything from like knees beyond knee high. You can't surf knee high, but like, you know, anything from waist to head high surf, even if it's weak. Oh, my God, that thing rips. But the thing about any board, it has duality. You have all these wonderful things that it can do. But of course, if it does so many wonderful things, well, what's the shadow? You know, any time you have a, a light cast on something wonderful, there'll be something right behind it. So the shadow of the puddle is it slides out. When it gets a little too punchy, you go to do a vertical maneuver and it can not make it at all. And you can bog rail because it's very fat in the nose and things. So it has loads of downsides too. And then you evolve onto other boards. And that's the new board. And it's this Torque, who are brand, T-O-R-Q. And they make these great boards with great construction. And it's just slightly pulled in. That's all I wanted. I just wanted, my puddle is 45 liters at six-one. This is a 6'2 at 41 litres. It's the exact same outline. It's got a a squash tail, fuller nose, flat rocker, very simple outline. And having surfed it straight away, you can feel the difference. I just wanted that little bit more bite off the bottom turn so it doesn't slide out, so you can hit the lip a little bit more vertically. It's been an amazing ball so far. My brother was saying we were in the water together having a fantastic surf at this spot, and just the wave catching on it was phenomenal. It was as good as the puddle. And that's a far, four or five liter drop in volume. It was yeah. phenomenal catching waves. So what I've got to figure out next is fins. Because the one thing I was finding was I had a particularly powerful surf the morning of that one I had with my brother. And when I went to hit the lip on backside, it didn't release. The tail got sticky, it's called. And it would. It, I went flying forward looking like an absolute idiot, even though it does not matter one bit to anyone other than myself. So I'm just trying to figure that one out. Yeah. Get the right fin deal.
1: It's like, you know, I always add this caveat before I say this. I don't play golf. But there are incredible similarities often between well, in a lot of things, some even the mechanical movements. But also, if you think about golfers having a bag full of clubs for different shots, there is a time to have different boards for different conditions. And again, depends on level and and so on and so forth. But a board can, at a certain point, make all the difference between what you're surfing and the conditions you're surfing uh, and then when you go to a different like you're at will i mean i i don't really i'm starting to notice the difference in fins now to an extent that i didn't a few years ago then the next dial is the fins isn't it so you get the board sorted and the fins sorted for different conditions and suddenly the flow experience is dialed again because you're able to do things that you couldn't do on a different board and different fin setup so it is interesting that sort of surfing like or if you know if you have a have your quiver, which is essentially you have your bag of clubs. You can pick and choose which one you go for depending on where you're at, where you're surfing, how you're surfing, what level you're surfing at, etc., etc. And we're constantly on the search for
0: quiver perfection. Constant. And I would go as far as saying that nine out of 10 surfers, this is a big statement, and of course it's a total guess, but you know, just bear with me here, that nine out of 10 surfers I have observed in my time as a mind-body coach to lots of different surfers and athletes and, and everyday Joe and Janes and is that the board for eight or nine of 10 out of 10 of those surfers is not the issue completely yeah. at all. Before. It's the fitness level and yeah. the mindset. Yeah. So once the mindset is dialed and someone's learned um, how to remain focused yeah. in anything sports psychology, the main thing psychologists are helping people with is focus techniques. It's really what you can just sum it up to. It's, you know, how can you ride the highs and lows, highs and lows? You know, you've fallen off a wave. How do you pick yourself back up? Refocus. You've just had an amazing wave. How do you then refocus and remain humble and calm things down again? You know, how can you keep the center? That is the psychological aspect of mindset. And then on fitness, on the body, it's, yeah, it's mobility, power, strength, coordination, balance. When those two are really dialed up, right up after years and years and years, it it takes years of graft and work and commitment, the ball becomes more and more important, more and more important, as you start to dial things even more and you finally tune things. But where the surf industry does very, very, very well, very well indeed, is Joe or Jane who haven't done their mobility work, haven't done their strength work, haven't worked on diet, haven't learned focus techniques and how to kind of bring themselves into the moment and how to deal with all these variables. They haven't done any of that work and then their surfing's not going where they want it to but they look online and the board I <laughs> <laughs> love the marketing of surfboards and wetsuits. And it'll do this for your surfing. And it'll make you surf like Rob Machado. And you'll do that. And it'll look like this. And So not only that is obviously a ginormous myth and doesn't help that person work on what they really need to work on, but also it's this thing where it's unbelievably misleading. And it's, I think what we discussed, you and know, I, Liam, is that having people who are good surfers, don't be me wrong, but, you know, your average good surfer in really average waves and footage of that and then marketing boards around that it, has it, to be the future in surfing.
1: It has to be the future to say, this guy surfing, this board has got this many hours in the water, is this, f-, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So it's relatable surfing. Because like you say, you could give, let's give Rob Machado a kid's foamy he's going to make it look he is seriously he's yeah. going to surf that better than i'm surfing the seaside that he's making Do you know yeah. what i mean yeah. so it's like people we've talked so much about bikes as well expensive carbon fiber bikes if you give lance armstrong and he can be taking the drugs or not taking the drugs i don't care if you give him a child shopping bike he's still going to beat you in the tour de france <laughs> if you even if you're on a carbon fiber sort of super deluxe bike Simple so
0: true dude And what I was going to say was, you know, you could really go to town. And what could Machado, that could be like a fun game. Yeah. What could Machado ride? Like, just put that out there. And then sell to you. Rob, are you listening? Yeah. You know. This is a
1: McDonald's food tray.
0: (laughs) um, uh, I love the way they
1: pulled the rails in the back. yeah. And I like, it's all that arty shot. And um, and it's still got the, lo- yeah. got the M logo, yeah. which also is like Machado, man. You could do <laughs> such a good spoof of that.
0: And even Rob Machado would, because he's got a great sense of humour, yeah. you can tell he's so
1: lighthearted. It's got to be done by like Luke at Raglan, as oh, it, or, right. uh, or Jonathan Wayne Freeman. I can see that so much. And there is a serious point in that. Those yeah. guys would surf a fast food tray better than most of us would surf their top end boards.
0: <laughs> it's so true. And also, you know, the amount of years of commitment to great practices of yoga, of, of training, of strength, of balance and getting in the ocean when it's, you know, not ideal or focus techniques in the mind and all that work that just, you know, we look at it, it's like we get this snapshot yeah, and we have absolutely no insight into the background. And it's that swan analogy that we use. You know, a, a swan is very graceful moving through the water, but underneath its feet are going at some crazy knots, furious the feet are working, working, chow, 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 go, go, go. That's the analogy that sums up a lot of what we see. You know, we see people doing things well and successfully and just like, wow. Well, if you really start diving into the journey, you start getting humble because you're like, oh, my word, this takes. It's only surfing. It's so simple. But holy shit, to bring my board from toe to heel and round to the pocket and hit that lip <laughs> it takes so much commitment. And it's so worth it too. It, you know, it's oftentimes it can seem like, oh God, is it really, that's that much work? To...? No, no, it is because it's all part of the practice of making you present.
1: Yeah. And kind of feeds very nicely back into all of those books that outline the sort of theory of, you know, 10,000 hours of practice, right? And this idea that it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. And you don't see the pain and the grit and the determination required sometimes to get to the very top of any elite sports that you watch and if most of us did or we had the time or inclination even having that time we wouldn't always get to it there because we might drop out because the pain is too intense but what it teaches us is like you say well you know average surfers we're just trying our best to get the flow experience and progress and learn and there's lots of great tools out there to help enable this which we'll talk about in a bit but it's the commitment to putting in the hours and the practice And although we talk a lot about not taking life too seriously, and that's a very important message, it's okay to take improvements seriously. You don't have to do it with a kind of woe-is-me vibe that, oh, I'm taking it very seriously. You take it seriously because you know that it's going to give you great gains. Absolutely. There are no shortcuts. Damn straight. Quite a few episodes ago, we talked about that. This book I was looking, reading very exciting stuff about dog training. And this guy had said, you know, if you haven't got much time, you know, go to page 32. Yeah. (laughs) And you go to page 32 and it says, you know, pretty much it says tough shit. There is no shortcut. Go back and read the whole book, you later get. So true. And that's the same with anything, yeah. like, you know, especially surfing. So true. It's and taken it's- me 20 years or so to realise that I need to redial and improve.
0: It reminds me of Stab who did an article. We'll leave in the show notes. It's a great article on the not trying trying. Yeah. Have you heard of this one? Yeah it's the the single fin oh, i don't really care you're all taking it too seriously mate you need to just relax your back and in fact you know don't even worry about your posture don't try and be grace which just you know look like a kook on purpose and all these things it's the not trying trying if that ain't trying what the fuck is so we're all trying you know let's all just let's all just get naked Oh, dear. Now, listen, you knew I was going to go there. Let's just all get butt naked. I think and, we've run out, and, out of and... uh, bing- Do you know those bingo cards? <laughs> <are we talking? laughs> Let's get butt naked because we're already all naked already. We're all vulnerable. We're all trying. Let's all just accept that even when someone is trying to create the appearance that they're not trying, that's them trying. So that's all good. There's, you know, we love you anyway. And on that, you are trying very hard because you are nude right now. No one can see this. But you are trying very hard. <laughs> To maintain a very trimmed bush which i you appreciate because you will not get pubes snagged in your genital area in and out you went so it's a big deal i think listen even if you have to wear bikinis you do not want an amazonian <laughs> please full go- we, e bush just it. when You've we just, care of just it.
1: when we start to add a few more listeners you striking them straight back off again. listen anyway moving on my two been- favorite topics
0: meditation <laughs> pubes that's all i'm saying Hey, hope you're enjoying the show. If you connect with what we do here at The Mindful Surfer, why not share it with your friends? Or go on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Because the more ratings we have, the more likely it is Liam and I can come back week after week and keep building this community of mindful surfers. Now, let's get back to the show. The Mindful Surfer. I think we need to now after that. Segment number two. A few deep breaths just to raise the awareness. When you have that awareness, you unlock... The Secrets to Life, to say that as it is. Now, take a deep breath in through your nose. And breathe out. And take a deep breath in. And breathe out. And breathe in. And breathe out. keep taking deep breaths, just on your own for a few moments, paying full attention to the feeling of air going in your nose and the feeling of air leaving your mouth. Just practice seeing what you can see. Just really bring your focus and gaze onto what you can see. And now, just briefly on what you can hear. Nice one, guys. There are a number of occasions, if not every occasion, I go surfing where. I go into mind activity of where am I going to find the next wave? Where do I need to position myself? Am I far enough forward on my board? Am I cold? Am I getting too cold? You know, I don't know, just millions of little thoughts just going on because thoughts are always going on. And then it's in catching myself. that I'm just overthinking just because that's what humans do. We all think over and over and over that I then, Oh God, don't we live in a wonderful town and just look up at the, we have these red cliffs and the view and the, the light, how it shimmers and whatever. Those little moments to just bring yourself into the moment. Now, I know surfing does that. We've talked about this before. Surfing, surfing will force presence on you because you can't do surfing and not be focused at the same time. It's, they're married perfectly together. But what you will find is in between waves, there is plenty of time to, to drift. And drift away from the present into all kinds of areas within your mind. And that's where mindfulness really can come in and help. Because it helps, obviously, you enjoy the session even more. Because you're like, wow, look at the beauty that surrounds me and the joy of it all. But also that it keeps your mind focused for the next for the next wave and, and what to do next. I mean, I'll give you a hands-on example. I was on this pumping left the other day and it was a bit crowded. But I thought, no, I'm feeling good about that. I th- I feel like I can just kind of work my way in and just sit inside. That's, you know... Just pick up what I can in there. And I did. I kept picking up way off the way on the inside. It was brilliant. And then I don't know if it just some other people started to cotton on to that. And then people sort of drifted into where I was a bit. And then it all got a bit more crowded and whatever. And I started getting a little bit frustrated, a bit like whatever. And that's that mind activity kicking in. So whereas once I was present and just surfing, I'm now in mind activity of just my thoughts, thoughts. And it's getting a bit stressful. Someone almost went into me who clearly didn't have much of an idea of what he was doing which is fine no judgment but it just kind of gave it was another little sign like there's another sign there's another sign so we get signs don't we yeah i just paddled down the beach and the wave that i went to was definitely a lesser wave it was a right and very very crumbly and it still had a good little section on it that i could do something so that was a positive but i was much better off down there because i sort of was present again so i think a lot a lot of surfers do is they're so stubborn about the exact way a surf's got to be that they don't learn the flexibility of a different board or paddle down the beach or a different approach or just some breathing or just get out or whatever it might be these remain rigid and stubborn i think just humans in general do It's not just surfers
1: yeah well that's life isn't it as well It's this sort of reluctance to change or try something else because you're so invested in the bit you're in it creates almost this inertia or a stubbornness sometimes to stay there regardless of what's happening elsewhere or where you might find improvements and I think for me that's whether this is theory or what I don't know but uh, whether it's actually right within mindfulness is that there's an element that absolutely rightly it's about appreciating the here and now and that's not just in the surf that's in sort of every everyday life as we often say that doesn't mean to say that you shouldn't try and change things that you do have control over in order to you know access a greater sense of well-being or in this case surf which is flow and it's looking at whether or not you say i'm invested in this now so i'm going to stay here and, and forever i'll remain until things change <laughs> and expecting yeah, the things around you to change that's lovely instead of expecting that actually i'll make the change and i'll go and do something that maybe takes me to a different place and if it doesn't at least i've tried because i think people in fact i heard somebody talking about this the other day you know there's an element in humans that says you know the status quo. This is where I'm at, and it'll always be like this. They'll never change, you know. And and so therefore, I'm just going to stay anchored in this point. And they don't factor in price of not changing. You know, mm. the cost of not changing, and that cost might be that they miss out on other opportunities that makes it a much better experience. Mm. But it's it's fine in that balance because the the flip side of that is you're constantly flitting around and you never settle in one place. But I think there comes a point where to, you know, if you're getting frustrated, you know, there's too many people on a peak and, and there are other places to surf, might not be as good, but in addressing some of the things that are blockers, you actually get the gains from a better experience of surfing anyway, even if the wave isn't quite as uh, tip-top as you might want it to
0: be. It's so true. And it also, I think, depends on what you value. You and I are the kinds of people who value a balanced surf, shall yep. we say, is the best way to put it, as in, you know, that's friends, that's uncrowded enough to better explore peaks more mm-hmm. freely the types of waves we're even surfing not crazy gnarly but not like tiny yeah. either we're looking for like that balance yeah. is the word i would use but then there are some surfers who want absolutely a1 on the peak and don't mind taking on that 15 25 35 guys girls on that spot and they might be in total bliss fair enough and we have no idea you know in my view i'd say i'll oh, just just go a mile down the beach go half a mile there's a little nug there and yes it's not barreling and yes it's not absolutely pumping but you can be with your mate or you can be on your own having some nice solitude and not feel so clustered and crowded i'll say for me personally just me that my biggest biggest turn off is a crowd for surf depending on what mood i'm in i can do a crowd for a bit to see what i can get because obviously Hmm. you know the incentive is that well listen if there's a crowd there, they're probably surfing the best peak the best wave so you know what i sometimes do is i set this rule to myself where i say see what I can get in 30 minutes. It's like a little mind trick I use. And it, it can be quite a cool little trick because yeah. it at least gets you on that high performance wave a few times that's a flow experience in itself. And you might have to hustle and you might have to sort of wait your turn, you know, really bide your time and be patient. But once the 30 minutes is up, my deeper value of, do you know what? I just want to get a bunch of ways now and just have a bit, is that I then, after that 30 minutes, I go right and I just, and I go sort of further down. But there's lots of little ways you can The point is, like you said, Liam, you can evolve, you can change. You can you don't have to be rigid, you don't have to stay doing what you've always done.
1: no, like a mindset, a mindset can be changed, <laughs> and you can believe in better or whatever you want, whatever you want to sort of see it as and you know i I think crowds are a big turn off for me when I look at like places around the world that look amazing, you know, like pipe and this sort of thing, even if I had the ability and training to surf somewhere like that. And it was my dream to surf somewhere like that, mm-hmm. which is not instantly. The thing that I look at that puts me off, even if I was at the level that these guys are out who are surfing, is just the crowd and totally. the hustle on a wave that is so critical. Totally, I just think, no, that's not for me. That's not my enjoyment. Instinctively, my whole being says, just not for me. That. I love to watch it. I admire the, the, the bravery and the athleticism and the practice that the guys who'd surf it, like Jamie and the Rothmans and all those guys put into those waves. It's incredible to watch. But how they hustle and you know f- mm. f- compete for the waves against all of that, you know, sort of competitiveness and testosterone totally. in it
0: like that. Ooh, totally. I'm a big surf. I don't know. it just doesn't appeal to me. Totally. And I'll paddle into competitive lineups sometimes and and feel intimidated. Yeah, genuinely. And you can see the standards high, and it really does throw you off your game. And I can surf to an okay standard, and I can feel distinctly way below that standard just based on mind, and it's amazing how the mind can affect you like that. So, you know, there's a duality within that, which is to say that, you know, could I get better at, you know, refocusing within that intimidating lineup to still get the most out of that session? Well, yes, of course. And that'll age your surfing big time. If you can shut out all the noise of these eyes looking at you as you go to take off and you know how it is in surfing. If you wipe out on that one wave that they're giving you, then fuck it and get another one. So it's a brutal sport like that. It's a cruel sport like that.
1: Well, it's one of the most judgmental yeah, sports of course it when is. you get to a certain level, I think. And it's, that's the thing that we're always talking about getting around is, you know, it, that's why they have this sort of term, as endearing as it can be to some people, this idea that you're a kook yeah. means, well, it's a superiority thing, isn't it? Of course it, it is. Oh, I'm better than that person, so he's a kook, or she's a kook. or it's so uh, you know, true,
0: a great point. And you
1: don't, in a way, maybe you do, but I don't think you get sort of other pro sports saying oh, you're a shit footballer because you play for yep, a league yep, two yep, yep, yep. team or whatever or mm-hmm. you, you play in a different league to me or your basketball's crap because you it's, you mm-hmm. know, there's no equivalent word, is there, in a way? It's, okay. Surfing has this kind of hierarchical judgment that says, well, I'm better than you because I can do an air off a lip.
0: Yes, <laughs> no, it, it, of course it's ridiculous and, and I have it too. Huh. The key always is just being aware of it, yeah. being aware of your mind and your ego because I do that. Massively, yeah. you know, oh, I've, I'm superior. Yeah. Oh, I'm inferior. Oh, I'm yeah. superior. Oh, yeah. I'm inferior. And this whole complex there that's just based on ego. And as long as you're just aware of your ego, then you can let it pass. And then you can get back to the good stuff of refocusing on what's going on and get the most out of your session. But I've got to also say that there's another side to that bit about how surfers are like that, which is to say that, you know, unlike skating and unlike golf and unlike snowboarding and uh, whatever sport you want, rugby american football add as many sports as you like waves are scarce objects yes they are and we are human and i have a lot of empathy for surfers in that way in the sense that we can get competitive we can get aggressive we become like that because i think that's quite normal too when something's scarce we can uh, massively go there i think where we got to draw the line is if it's actually genuinely affecting your session yeah that's where you gotta go look dude look as competitive as you want to be and as hustling as you want to do if you're just not getting waves, not having fun, just go somewhere else. Yeah. So it's kind of it's always a balance, isn't it? It as is not it always? But um, we'll move on to segment number three. Let's do it. Mind, body, stoke. Things Liam and I have been doing with our minds and bodies to raise the stoke. Now, hit me.
1: Right. So I'm going to tie this into a bit of the surf media a little bit as well, I guess, because it feeds into it uh, too. And I'm going to reference them again is Ombi Surf because mm-hmm. Clayton, who is one of the, who's always the coach there, the stuff that he talks about, I really relate to. And he sort of opened a few little doors for me. I know I haven't signed up for the course yet, but he's also connected or rather this other guy, the surf strength coach, this guy, Chris Mills, who also is, I think is an American living in, uh, in New South Wales somewhere. He's obviously worked with Clayton to ve- develop some of this stuff before. And I find the articulation of the concepts. Really clear, and they're really helping me to get into this place of visualization of what I want to do next. The frustrations come in that getting the conditions to practice it is then the next key, right? But a lot of the stuff that I'm looking at with them is uh, surf skate and on land practice. So doing that repetitively, thinking about the mechanics of how I'm either standing on the board or trying to, in this case, generate speed, this kind of a uh, compression extension speed, and getting the stance right. And Chris Mills articulated this very well in a surf skate video the other day around how to pump and where to pump and not to be in poo stance often, which is what you see. Because you can take the bad habits from skate, because we talk about skates a lot. You can take those bad habits from skate to surf very easily. So it's a kind of mind-body hack, if you like, together, this one. I'm consuming a lot of this stuff and been practicing it on land in order to take it into the ocean. And as I say, the frustration at the moment is that even when we had a pretty decent surf on, this is the beauty and the frustration of surfing, really decent session on, on Sunday uh, at that spot we went to, is then trying to execute that. Uh, mm. Because when you're in the conditions of the ocean, you then taking in everything else that's in the ocean as well. So you've got to not be hard on yourself when you don't do it because it takes, as we were saying earlier in the show, hours and hours of practice to get it. But I would advise anybody to check these guys out because there is a really nice articulation of it. And very kindly, I think uh, Clayton commented on uh, your post about the boards and the fins, to say, actually, also send me some footage of the surfing, the board, so that maybe there's some other things that you can do as well as changing the fins. is change the surfing. I kind of like their approach to this stuff. And that's taken a lot of my body practice, Mm -hmm. but also it comes back to mind practice as well. Because for me, I'm really channeling even with a busy mind, with pressures of work, just trying to channel the visualization of seeing myself then do the things that these guys are coaching on. Mm. And that's the whole thing. You almost go into this slightly Joe Dispenza-esque reprogramming to think, oh, I can do that. I can mm. already do it. And in your mind, I'm seeing myself do it. And I'm starting to kind of move my arms on land and think about the movements, both from a visualization point of view, but also from how I then move my body on land or on a skate to take that into the surf. And I think it's game-changing. We, we, As I say, for a man of my, my in years who'd surfed before without any of this stuff, it is eye-opening mm. beyond belief. I absolutely love it.
0: Without you guys knowing this, by moonlight, Liam strips nude and <laughs> oh, does arm manoeuvre cutbacks around his van and back, and around his van and back, and whoo, whoo, hooting, and like a surf wolf practicing and then sets the mind up for bed, like you know, hypnotic arm movements, but always noon and always under the moon. Only moon, at least the moon, isn't it? Dream
1: Do you ever surfing. do it? I've got, I'm I've just not responding. I'm not responding to your <laughs> fantasies. <laughs> no, anymore. dude,
0: I, I totally, what I have found with the surf skate, yeah. it does two things for your surfing and for my surfing. it's what I've seen very evidently then years and years of it now. And misses one crucial part. So the two parts it does, it improves number one, uh, pump leg power fitness. So just that strength of being bent in the knee, activating quads, glutes, hamstrings with your core and that base of strength you need just on two feet on an object that's moving along. Done, simple. Just that burn, that simple burn of going, going, going. And if you can really push your surf skate where you get that crazy burn, loads of fitness, you're building fitness right in the area you need it for surfing. You're standing on that board, right? The second one is head over shoulder. So when you do a cutback, It's having your head as far over your shoulder as you can so you can see where it is you're going to go because the longer and longer you look at where it is you're going to go, the more likely it is you're going to make it there. And that is huge. I see tons of surfers doing cutbacks and carves with their eyes at the nose of their board. So there's no way they could get that torque and rotation because their body isn't away from the board. You need your body and eyes completely in the opposite direction of where your actual board is. To do a great turn. You know, there's an old saying, the best turn you ever did is the one you never saw. So you never see your turns, you've done a great turn. That's the absolute truth. And then the last one is the one that is missing entirely from surfskate that obviously you can never recreate. And it's a very subtle one, but I think the most powerful of all, it's timing. Where you time your transition into carve takes a very, very precise level of footwork and body positioning and execution. And ultimately, and most importantly, Kelly's touched upon this over the years, reaction speeds, because waves will only present you an opportunity suddenly. And if you miss it, it's gone. It's sudden, these moments, yeah. just little, and it's, you've got to be able to bang, be like a Formula One driver, like react to that corner. Suddenly it's there. If you've missed the corner, you've shot out too far, then you've gone to do your cutback when it's too late, and then bang, and you fall over and you bog your rail. That's the most common mistake, I think, in surfing. Is bogging rail when the sections is too late? That carve's got to be happening just at the right time when you get that bit of speed. But it used to say, I think surf skate is amazing and I, it's done so much for. And for, bowls for, as well, that's surf. what we were talking about before yes, the show, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes, yes. And,
1: and actually, Chris referenced this as the centrifugal forces that you can get in a bowl. And I've seen Clayton training this on some of his clips as well, the bowl section, because yes. then you're getting that. It's not quite the same as a wave, but if you think about that kind of. Flow of energy, speed coming down, and you've got the wave being pushed up. You get a very powerful centrifugal force kind of vibe going on. We having access to a bowl would be fantastic, big time, which we nearly got. We've nearly got. That's
0: the next one. Well, there you go. We, I'm, I, I keep trying to convince Liam to just put one in his garden. <laughs> I'll force you into it eventually. I'll come. I'll arrive with loads of wood. Oh, here I am, mate. I've got. <laughs> I've got the wood. <laughs> I want to mention something on um, the aspect of flat spells. So. We know surfing is a huge stress reliever, happiness booster, but everything has its shadow. And the shadow of that is not surfing. Because when you're not surfing, you're not getting that stress relief and that happiness. Now, that might be due to um, injury or being landlocked, you know, certainly during this corona epidemic and things, or just a flat spell. Yeah. Just everyone goes through flat spells. Now, it's how do you stay stoked when you're not surfing? There's a big, big question for all surfers. For me... It is absolutely sticking to forms of well-being practices and exercise practices that at least give you a feeling of stoke, a feeling of, of endorphins, of fitness, mobility, breathing, all those kinds of things that mean that when the waves next come, you're absolutely ready and prepared and good to go. But a big word on that, because this now comes to the mind bit, because we've had a flat spell, you and I, is it's not getting over hungry. It's very easy as a surfer to have a spell of not surfing for a while. And it's like this hunger that builds and builds. If it builds kind of too much, it can spill. And it can spill a little into kind of over-expectation of how much fun it's going to give you when it comes. Having too much energy and basically relying on it too much. That's the big word here. I think as surfers, we tend to sometimes rely on surfing well, obviously we do because we love it to give us happiness. But it's making sure you stay stoked even when that ocean stoke isn't providing it to you. There's a lightness of it when it finally arrives again. You go into it like, yeah, you know, I'm just as stoked now as I would be if I wasn't surfing. So you don't put the same weight of expectation and heaviness on it to kind of sort your life out. Because I, I listen to a lot of surfers over the years who have, oh, God, I could just do with a wave, you know, that line. It's like, well, how about you deep breathing? in? And you get to bed on time and eating well and kindness and enjoying this aspect of your life and eating mindfully and whatever it might be of just not then needing it so much yeah. it you is know? a
1: wonderful reset again i'm going back a few episodes here when i talk. for me it was always an escape it was always a crutch to say i'm happier if i'm surfing and that is without question yeah there's mm-hmm. no question that uh no way we, around we're that. doing this surfing is a back door into the here and now the yeah. present that's now a cliche isn't it we talk about it a lot But where I've worked on it personally is to make sure it's not the only escape because if it's just that that's the escape, it kind of also puts an unfair pressure on the surf because like you're saying, Will, the expectation is always far beyond what the reality might be. And as soon as that equation starts to skew, then you're not going to like the answer most of the time. And then you start to actually, you start to slightly dampen what is otherwise that magical flow experience because you're kind of putting your own real-world anxieties and expectations on something that is just totally free of any judgment or whatever. You know, it's the ocean. It's just doing its thing. So if you can take yourself in there without that and not just use it as this kind of crutch, and again, I have to kind of keep reminding myself of that because I always feel better when I have surfed. I know.
0: It's a very tough one. Dude, this is why we have these conversations. The reason why we started The Mindful Surfer Was for the very thing that we are discussing right now, it's this this sort of this beautiful challenge of don't rely on it. Surfing that is. But (laughs) it's so good, it just makes you so happy. So working around that balance is a real dance, isn't it? Massive. Real dance. And the whole
1: thing's a dance. Surfing's dancing. But also your relationship with it is because it ebbs and flows, as we say. Mm. It is never ever a static state forever remains exactly like that well said yeah
0: segment number four surf media insight have you got anything that you want to share well
1: I have a bit on
0: torren this is no reflection on torren martin
1: i love his surf i mean you know know, i've got my favorite surfers you know like mikey february and mick fanning and uh steph gilmore just the way they surf i just absolutely it's mesmerizing and Torren Martin also has this kind of, the way he rides those twin fins. I mean, again, it's a very hipster vibe, isn't it? You
0: know, he's, very, very. he is like, it's the not trying, trying. he is the Uber
1: poster boy for Finisterre. If they could get him, he's probably a bit exposed, but he does the need essentials. Or Patagonia or Patagonia. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, that yeah. kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. And he's sort of always in the music, but because the music has that vibe, it's very transcendental sometimes. And it's kind of got that very kind of chill. It's, it's like as chilled as Torren is. I'm watching it, and I'm loving his surfing. And then the next thing, bang, I'm out. (laughs) It's like a magnesium supplement. I can't help it. I cannot watch Toron Martin's Martin surf videos without falling asleep, but in a really good way.
0: I know. It's beautiful. It's not boring, and he isn't boring at all. It's just that it just makes you fall asleep. I love his reactions to unbelievable surf, like, pumping surf oh yeah it looks alright yeah Yeah, I'll grab the 20 (laughs) and go and uh, grab a couple and then next thing you see is a six second barrel like a six second he's just got threaded like the kind of wave we could only ever dream of in terms of ability and where he's surfing and all these things and then he comes out and maybe that's what he's doing yeah it was alright there was there's maybe a lesson in that you know Just be so chill that, you know, you're you're just calm about it all. And calmness is the key to so much. He is the mindful surfer. and Maybe he is just the mindful surfer. He's the Buddha of of all surfers, you know. But, uh, yeah, he's a cool guy. But what are you saying? Is there a clip? Can someone check out? There's loads of clips. I'll put a few in
1: the show notes. Put some in the show notes because they're great clips. He surfs waves all over the place. And, you know, it's a bit of like, it's that... Kind of surf, you got to be careful with it because it is that vibe that everything is perfect, you know, in inverted yeah. commas. The waves, the colour of the sea, the so, the, the place he's staying. So there's kind of like a lack of it's, vulnerability it, going it, it, on a little a bit. It's quite art-directed. But, hey, listen, in terms of watching just like the height of flow, mm. man, you know, we talk about feeling that surf. You can see Torremont is just feeling it. Boom, boom. It's, mm. it's wonderful to watch. Zeputé. I love it.
0: It's where we wanted to do what we are doing here because in reference to, you know, I was asking you, was it vulnerable? Was he able to be vulnerable in that clip? And whether he was or wasn't, what I have noticed in surf media in general, the last 20 odd years is that there's such a lacking vulnerability that you get from so many bits of footage and people and podcasts. And so much of why we wanted to do what we're doing here was to be super honest about, you know, our flaws, our weaknesses, our things we enjoy, don't enjoy, Things that frustrate us don't frustrate us, whatever. We, you know, we wanted to drop the shield and really go for it and talk about it to its fullest depth because I think it's so much of what's missing. It's this real surface layer yeah. that we get on so much shit. And then here's what happens, Liam, is that when someone does go a bit deeper, they actually don't go deeper. They go all woke on us yeah. and start moaning about the world. And I hate that even more. Yeah. There's this thing of like, just showiness, 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 everything's perfect, everything's amazing. And then there seems to be this other approach of like, everything's awful. And isn't it terrible that this is happening in the world? And that's like this. And what about somewhere in the fucking middle? Well, that's the reality <laughs> of life, isn't it? Guess what? And I think, I don't know whether I'm just an old bloke, but life
1: is brilliant and life is shit. And yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. And, and if you can just walk that line in the middle, because you're going to have brilliant moments and you're going to have shit moments. Yeah. And hopefully you have more brilliant moments and you have shit moments but it's not guaranteed. And it is, it's it's everything. It's both sides of the spectrum all the time, isn't it? Mm. It's fair, it's unfair, it's beautiful, it's ugly, it's whatever you want to keep yeah, saying. Yeah, and yeah. really the only line that we as humans and surfers can try and tread is that, like say that trim, that poom, you're in the middle. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, but it's great and then it's crap and then it's flat and then it's pumping. All of that stuff comes together and hopefully, you know, you tread that line and, and you go from it. But absolutely, dude, you know, that kind of us sharing it, you know, we're trying our best to surf well and live good lives by the sea and share it with you. But yeah, we do poo stands sometimes. We take off badly on waves. Uh, I'm still trying to learn to surf. I mean, tried for 20 years, you know, there all
0: you of go. And we don't trim our pubes sometimes. Dark. I mean, there are those things too. Yeah. And you have to leave it on that, don't you? <laughs> Sorry. You were going. I was like, oh, I just want to just. What can I say? Say it one more. I had a little challenge myself. Could I say it five times? I think I did say it five times. Thanks for joining us, guys. Keep it up.
1: We really enjoy hanging out with you, so uh, we'll see you next week. Cheers, guys. Bye.